Hey guys, welcome back to Project Geekology, the show where we wax on and then we wax off. This is episode 7, and I am Dakota. And I am Anthony. And today we're going to be talking all about The Karate Kid, the 1984 classic starring Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, and William Zepka. We were actually going to talk about Cobra Kai this week, but I did not finish season two. I'm almost there. Well, no, actually, I'm not almost there. I, I'm, o- I'm only two episodes into season two. But Anthony, you've been talking so much about Cobra Kai over the past couple weeks. I've gotten very excited. Jen and I both watched Karate Kid and have been catching up on Cobra Kai. And um, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking too much about that, which is the hot topic these days. We're going to be going back to The Karate Kid, which Kind of feels fitting, you know, we're going in chronological order discussing the classic film and then maybe sometime in the future we'll discuss Cobra Kai. But before we begin, Anthony, what have you been up to this week? I've been playing a lot of Among Us. It's the hot game out right now and it's definitely fun. It's Mm -hmm. hilarious because you have these people that are pretty much like trying to lie to, you know, to like save themselves and it's it's gold. I've been playing that. I've been playing also Genshin Impact. So yeah, um, I've been playing those and actually got a new... Well, not, it's not new, but... So I ended up getting a surround sound with a receiver. And so I'm really... So the gaming is really good now. It sounds amazing. You're on the next level of among us basically <laughs> yes i'm on the next level you're, of you're among bringing us. you're you're bringing among us to the absolute maximum level you can yes i'm i'm, I'm hooking it up to my phone and making sure that the base <laughs> is all the way up <laughs> oh that would uh that'd be interesting <laughs> i know um have you been watching anything recently or is that pretty much what you've been up to uh, so I've been trying to catch up on some shows. I'm a few episodes into The Boys season two, okay. so yeah, that that show is definitely interesting. There's something about it that I really like, but there's also parts of it that are a bit much for me. But I, I'm definitely enjoying it, though. Okay, yeah, I've I've I haven't seen the show, but I've heard mixed reviews mostly shocking reviews mm-hmm. from people yeah that makes sense and uh i'm interested but i'm tentatively interested because i do like shows that are shocking but if they're written well yeah you know what i'm saying right it's, it right. can't just it can't just be a gimmick every week something shocking happens right that that's how the game of thrones was pretty much for a while for the majority of it yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially that last season, it shocked a lot of people <laughs> in the direction that yeah. they went. I I was shocked. <laughs> so yeah, that's what I've been up to. How about you, Dakota? I have, uh, as I previously mentioned, I watched a little bit of Cobra Kai this week with Jen. That's been going really good. I'm really, really enjoying that show. And honestly, that's why we're doing this podcast to begin with, just because we were both watching it at the same time and... And it's such a hot topic right now that we thought we would kind of uh, jump in on that as it's going on. But for the time being, we're going to be talking about uh, The Karate Kid. So I finally got into Genshin Impact as per your recommendation over the past couple weeks. Um, and I wasn't really sure what I was expecting because you mentioned like a gacha game. And usually gacha games are either like 
kind of 2D games or right. um, card-based games or something along those lines. Or, or, or just like team fighting games. That's that's another like form of gotcha. Gotcha literally just means um, that they gotcha. It's that yeah, basically <laughs> they they gotcha. No, uh, it's it's like a it's like a pack oriented collectible game sort of thing. You have games like Raid Shadow Legends and stuff like that that are some of the bigger ones. But I've been playing a few for a, a little while. But this one was interesting because it's more of an RPG than it is a gotcha. Even though there is the gotcha elements of like you collect enough crystals or whatever you need to open packs of characters or whatever, and you get new playable characters. So that's been really fun. I am actually really impressed by the world building right. so far. As far as story goes, it's pretty minimal at the moment. I'm I'm like rank six or seven at this point. But uh, and I, I'm sure the story's gonna get better as it goes on. But right now, I'm I'm a little underwhelmed by the story. Um, but as far as a mobile game goes, um, it's it's top notch. Yeah, it's definitely something interesting. It took the world by storm. I've known about Genshin Impact for a while. The company that made Genshin Impact, they also have another game called Honkai Impact. Mm. And so the characters are a bit similar from that game and this game. It's really interesting, the mechanics. A lot of people have related it to Breath of the Wild. And okay. it, it makes sense because there is that whole stamina and the way that they fight. There's just- Oh yeah, absolutely. It just doesn't have the weapon fatigue and all that stuff, so or the weapon durability. So, which honestly is such a relief because I that's that's like the worst part of every RPG is like, oh, my weapon needs to be sharpened, or oh, I need to get a new weapon because this one broke. So I'm I'm enjoying that. I, I've also uh, I rewatched Hook oh, with Jen. Nice. The 92, 91 classic. You know, quote unquote classic. We should do by an episode Steven Spielberg. On that. Yeah, I was gonna suggest it for this week, and it was just like really bad. Like it doesn't it doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't be opposed if you want to do that next week. No, we, we could. We could. I mean, You'll- it is something that a lot of people hold dear to themselves, especially with the untimely passing of Robin Williams. So yes, there are aspects of it that really just don't hold up now, but there is a certain charm to it. And so I do believe that it would be an interesting episode. Okay. You want to do that next week? Yeah, we should. Yeah, we could do that. Um, I just need to rewatch it. Yeah. I need to finish it because we stopped like 75% <laughs> through it. You go, you're so, like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was, we had, we had other obligations to, to meet at the time, uh, but yeah, we'll definitely finish that. We'll get that episode out to you guys next week which is actually really exciting because usually we don't at this point in the podcast have any idea what we're going to be doing the next week right so that's fun uh i also um i I read a book called well i'm reading two books both of them are very similar i read a book called the making of jurassic park Ooh, that sounds awesome yes it was uh it's actually i I learned a, a lot and i think we should do a Jurassic Park episode soon. Oh, yeah. Um, Don't you have like a first edition of that? I think I saw you post it on Twitter. Yeah, the making of Jurassic Park. It was like a first edition. I don't know that there were second editions made. I don't think it was a very popular book. <laughs> at the time. But um, yeah, it was a first edition little... Uh, it's like a 
coffee table type book and uh, i read that and dude some crazy stuff that that movie was um hugely influential for hollywood and yeah, i didn't realize definitely. how influential it was until i read that um I, and now i'm actually like listening on audible to the actual jurassic park book by michael Crichton uh that the movie is based off of you know now that so, i think about it like when it comes to movies like that those dinosaur movies they always end up being like b movies mm-hmm that movie was always something that I've loved because when I was younger, I loved dinosaurs and that movie definitely reinforced that love of dinosaurs. Yeah. Do you remember uh, The Land Before Time? Oh, yes. That was another movie I loved. I loved those we gotta, movies. We got to do that. Yes. We got to do that too. Yes, we do. I watched that with Jen a couple years back and dude, even just the music gave me like chills because I watched that so much as a kid. But anyway, they're fantastic. we should actually get on topic the reasons i'm talking so much about jurassic park will become apparent to viewers of geek critique in a couple weeks as of recording this so subscribe i guess if you haven't but anyway (laughs) that was so nonchalant he was like yeah just subscribe if you haven't just subscribe subscribe or we'll force you Anthony, I know that you are a huge fan of The Karate Kid. What about the movie keeps you coming back for more? <laughs> yeah, okay. So what keeps you what keeps you coming back for more helpings of The Karate Kid? There's a charm there. For me, I think it's one of those 80s movies that holds up now i don't watch it nowadays and think wow this is just extremely corny i mean yeah there's the aspects of it that very 80s but it doesn't make me groan like some of these other 80s movies do i mean some 90s movies do the same thing but there's a lot about it that i find just charming and endearing especially mr miyagi that's like my favorite character I absolutely right. love Mr. Miyagi. I wish he was alive to be in Cobra Kai because yeah. he would have easily probably stolen the show, which is probably good that he's not <laughs> in the show because, I mean, for me, he's like the best part of those movies. Touching briefly on Cobra Kai, because we, we're not going to stick too much on that, but that's a good point. Um, and I think that's actually why Cobra Kai works so well is because... Uh, Ralph Macchio's character Daniel LaRusso doesn't have his mentor anymore he has to try to figure out who he is as a mentor to other people right and I think that's why Cobra Kai works so well at least on that level there there, it works well on multiple levels but in terms of Ralph Macchio's character uh, the unfortunate passing of Pat Morita uh, yeah I I wish he were uh, still with us but the fact that Mr. Miyagi isn't in the show is actually um, kind of a blessing in disguise because it actually I think it brings the show to another level um, of, of like storytelling narrative and you know like the journey continues even after some of our heroes pass. Yeah, I, I agree that uh, Mr. Miyagi is uh, what is probably my favorite character in the Karate Kid. We'll have to talk a little bit more about like why his uh, character, why his like why his way of living is so juxtaposed to you know the american lifestyle as all and also like the cobra kai lifestyle of the time 
and I, I think it's it's a really interesting uh, look at martial arts. You know, in a in a time where like the Rocky movies were famous and stuff, right? At a time where you have a, there was like kung fu movies like crazy. There's this Karate Kid movie, which you know was a huge success. First of all, two sequels were were made out of it. But the idea that karate or martial arts in general isn't supposed to be about fighting first, but only for defense. Um, it, it isn't unique to the Karate Kid, but I don't think anything nails it down as well as the Karate Kid does. Right, especially during that time. And so that battle that they have between Cobra Kai and Miyagi-Do, which it continues on into the, the show, but this is the very beginnings of it. So let's talk a little bit about the movie and what it's about. The Karate Kid is about this kid named Daniel LaRusso who moves with his mom from New Jersey to Reseda, Los Angeles in California. And so it's pretty much a new start for him. He doesn't know anybody there. He goes to school, he has no, no friends or anything. And he meets this handyman that goes by Mr. Miyagi that's played by Pat Morita. Uh, Daniel Russo is played by Ralph Macchio. And when it got to the part to Mr. Miyagi and just seeing the way that he was with the bonsai tree, I knew that I was going to love this character just because of the the whole philosophy that he had. The gist of, of the story is that Daniel LaRusso has issues with some bullies at school, one named Johnny Lawrence, and that's the main antagonist of that movie. And he's a part of this dojo called Cobra Kai. We find out the reason why Johnny Lawrence is the way he is is because of Kreese and the way that he runs his dojo is no mercy Mm. and strike first. Something that you see later on in the show also. And so Miss Miyagi takes on Daniel and teaches him karate. There's this agreement that they have so they won't bully Daniel until he participates in the tournament. And the movie pretty much goes through him and his training and his and the woes that he has with Johnny, which stems from him having this perception that Daniel was trying to steal his girlfriend. Johnny was saying Daniel pretty much move on moving on his girl and that pretty much drove the jealousy that was the main conflict in the film and so we get to the the tournament which is definitely the highlight of the movie a a lot of people when they think of karate kid they think of the tournament and how daniel makes his way to the finals and he faces off with johnny and when it's not looking good for daniel he pulls off a win and it's really an interesting movie I mean, I love martial arts, and I know that in Karate Kid, uh, Cobra Kai, it uses a mixture of different martial arts, actually. I think there's some kickboxing in there, too. Yeah. So it's interesting seeing them kind of use a mixture. They call it Cobra Kai. They call it karate. Right. They're they're karate. They call it, yeah, Cobra Kai. Like, that's their, like, fighting style. Yeah. So you touched upon a bunch of stuff in that summary that i think we should talk a little bit about one of the the big factors 
surrounding the movie is um, Daniel's decision to, or not, it's not his decision, it's his mother's decision to move from Jersey to uh, Reseda, California. And it's in this um, decision that he has to make a new name for himself. He has to basically restart. And it's then when he meets Allie at the beach and then later at school. And he's trying to start a relationship with this person. But Johnny Lawrence, who is her previous boyfriend, is obviously causing problems. Right. And I think that's one of the best things about Cobra Kai, the show, is that they explain so much more of that story from both sides of the spectrum. Right. That's and why I, think, I love that show. I think that's why the show works so well as, you know, 30 years later, because you're understanding not just Daniel LaRusso's part of the story you're understanding johnny lawrence's part of the story in the show you really see that the antagonist isn't as bad as he seems in the in the movie that's definitely one of the reasons why i like the show and he i mean he he also wants to make a name for himself he wants to make things better we'll definitely expand more on that when we actually talk about the show it's really interesting that dynamic between johnny and daniel because at the start of the movie, when Daniel doesn't know anything about Johnny, when he sees Johnny as just some bully on the beach, Daniel is willing to start a fight with Johnny. Right. And several times up to the tournament, it's Daniel who starts or antagonizes Johnny, who then takes it to the next level, obviously. Because yeah. he has to be the bad guy of the movie. It's through... It's through Daniel's point of view. That's that's part of the, the great thing about Cobra Kai. Yes, we're going to talk about more of that later. But the fact that they're able to have you sympathize for the villains of the original movie is really interesting. And like you mentioned, Anthony, a big part of Johnny's motivation to be as evil as he is, because at the end of the day, this is a story of good versus evil. Yeah. It's parenting in a way it's almost uh it's it's who is teaching johnny lawrence's character to use these techniques this fighting style the way he's using it why is johnny lawrence such a bully in this movie and it's because his sensei crease has that mo that that, uh, that mantra strike first strike hard no mercy right yeah and you have the the vast juxtaposition it's not like you know you have it's not like pat Morita's karate is strike second strike soft have mercy it's it's literally like look don't get involved unless it's for defense and that's that's his whole thing so they're two vastly different teachers mr miyagi and sensei crease what's great is that his unconventional methods of teaching uh daniel larusso the techniques that he has learned in karate makes uh all the difference because even a cheated daniel larusso even a injured daniel larusso at the end of the film is able to overcome the reigning champion of the all-state under 18 championship whatever it's called um which would be johnny lawrence so at the end of the day daniel larusso triumphs over his evil which is johnny lawrence and it's through fair methods you know he didn't cheat at all whereas the cobra kai team definitely cheated 
Um, I really, I really love that about the story. You know, it, it just goes to show that like there, there's several lessons that you can learn throughout the movie. Obviously, don't be a bully. Stupid. <laughs> Second, don't teach your children or the kids that you're training to fight to fight for the wrong reasons. Right. There's no need to strike first. There's no need to start fights. It, it also teaches you patience because I we should talk a little bit about Ralph Macchio. Or sorry, we should we should talk about Mr. Miyagi's unique style of training uh, Daniel how to learn karate because that's part of the the staying power of the movie is it's it's so unconventional yeah the the idea of well wax on with this hand wax off with this hand and then paint the fence up and then down in the wrist up down up down and you see me anthony i'm, I'm actually moving my arms in the movement of like the the paintbrush but you <laughs> you guys on the podcast obviously can't see me now you know karate but now I know karate. Um, but no, I think that's such a fantastic, you know, obviously I don't think that necessarily works. You know, I'm sure hundreds of kids, thousands probably, were waxing their cars for weeks trying to learn karate. <laughs> for whatever reason, it worked for Daniel. And I, what are your thoughts on like Mr. Miyagi's like training style and like how that made Daniel a better person? Well, first off, that's actually another point in the movie that when people think Karate Kid, they think wax on, wax off. Mm -hmm. That's another thing that that a lot of people. That's probably like the first thing that. That's the first thing, yeah. It was interesting because Mr. Miyagi was teaching Daniel how to fight in that way, but he was also teaching him patience, and I think that that was maybe one of the bigger lessons oh absolutely yeah and i think that that was really cool i also like the catching the fly with the chopsticks <laughs> yes <laughs> it wasn't until i rewatched the movie and i learned like how they did it with the chopsticks i used to think it was a real fly but really it's just some guy uh off screen going like this with like a fly on a string and just bouncing it up and down <laughs> <laughs> and you can see, not the string, but you can see Daniel take the chopsticks and kind of grab the grab the string and pull down and the fly goes up into the chopsticks. And I was like, oh, that's how they did it. Yeah, so. You gotta love the, the, the tricks. The tricks from the 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I love that kind of stuff. I love, yeah. I love learning about, or trying to figure out movie magic. It's kind of like, you go to a, um, a magician's, whatever the heck you call a magician show, and <laughs> you try to figure out how they're doing what they're doing, and it's kind of like that from movies because in a, in a way it is magic. You know, you're 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 seeing the sleight of hand of these scenes being cut and interspersed with other stuff, and whenever I am able to find out like how they did something, it's like. Ah, I know how to do it now, you know, in the back of my mind. Obviously, I'm never going to, like, grab a fly with chopsticks, but that's something I love. Yeah, it, it really is a, a movie about the merits of patience. I think of, whenever I hear the word patience, I always think of um, Evie in The Mummy. Patience is a virtue. <laughs> Man, The Mummy, that's another good movie. Yeah, I, out, of, out of, like, I was also thinking randomly, also, uh, Jaws. What about it? That would—that's another like good one to cover. 
because there's another. a lot behind that. Oh yeah, yeah. That that movie is. That was another impactful film for yes. Hollywood. Yeah, for anime, for animatronics, and for Spielberg's career, and for it actually, that's the movie that um, started the Hollywood blockbuster in 1975, bef- like a couple years before Star Wars broke the mold again. But back to Karate Kid. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about the love interest of the the movie, Ali, played by Elizabeth Shue. Um, you were talk. We were talking off camera a little bit, and you were talking about a certain like push and pull from both Daniel Russo and Johnny Lawrence um, with this character. She's coming from one relationship and going into another, and I don't think she's fully invested in Daniel Russo up until this point. You know, the movie kind of makes it out to seem like everything's peachy keen, but any time that she and Johnny Lawrence are on the screen. You just see that there's unfinished business in a way. She is a bit conflicted because she has that past with Johnny, mm-hmm. but she sees something new and fresh in Daniel, and there is something different about him than Johnny. She sees something, I guess, pure in him. There's an innocence to him. Right. I, I also think he's younger. Uh, is that. I, I don't know. I don't. I forget if that's the case. I feel like Johnny was a senior in um, the Karate Kid, if I remember correctly, and Daniel was like a sophomore or a junior. I feel like he was younger. I might be. I might be mistaken though. I think you're right. That was a trope in the '80s for sure. The freshman coming up against the senior. Okay. And yeah. I mean. That, that definitely makes the stakes a lot higher because you have a very naturally weak person, someone who hasn't really... Uh, obviously, he did train somewhat in karate because at the beginning of the film, he uses a little bit of that to face off against Johnny, but he's just so outmatched by yes. Johnny's prowess and just force because that's what Cobra Kai at the time was teaching is just pure force, you know, beat him up, strike first, strike hard, and show no mercy. It's kind of cool, the training that he goes through, but I like that about Daniel. I like the fact that he's just this Jersey kid with a really thick accent, and he's just trying to, you know, mack it to this girl, and <laughs> she's kind of into it, And but also he's really naive, you know? He still acts like a kid. It's, it's really the training that Miyagi gives him to have the patience, to have the courage, to have the confidence to keep going and pushing and uh, fight for what's right, but for the right reasons. You know, he doesn't want to just start a fight with Johnny Lawrence or Cobra Kai just because. Even though he does several times, you know, there's a time in the bathroom at, at Halloween when he uh, drenches Johnny in the stall and runs away. Yes, he was picking a fight there. I would say he was not right in that moment. No. <laughs> that was uh, kind of wrong on his part. I I understood why he did it, but at this point you're trying to keep your head down and you want you're trying to get in trouble with somebody who, who's already shown that they can beat you up. So, yeah, how did he think that was going to end? Clearly, I know, right? And it needed to happen so that we could see Miss Miyagi beat up 
<laughs> a bunch of high schoolers. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Before we get to that, though, because that's a great scene, first of all. Yeah, I love um, that scene. The running away scene in the high school ball is kind of complicated by the fact that Daniel is wearing a shower curtain <laughs> costume. It's the he most is. bulky costume ever. I can't look. I don't celebrate Halloween, so I don't know necessarily like how Halloween parties or costume parties go in that setting. But I feel like in high school, if you were walking uh, or you were like dancing in uh, a, a room full of crowded kids, pretty much in a shower curtain that like takes up the largest radius possible. People were gonna like make fun of you. People were gonna like pull on it. People were gonna like get in your your little space bubble like Ali did. And yeah, it causes a problem for him because it's actually cumbersome to like try to run away while he's dressed up like a shower. And that's the reason he ultimately gets caught, you know? Like I know. I I remember when I first saw that scene and I saw what he was dressed up as, I could not help but laugh because it's so ridiculous. It is so ridiculous. It's also kind of creative because you know you won't say you know you won't see anybody else dressed up like that. But it is so ridiculous and hilarious. What's good about that though is the fact that you instantly know who he is when the scene starts because he doesn't want to be seen. So the best way to not be seen is to like be the most obvious thing in the room, but still you can't see his face. It's it's pretty great. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. But hold on. Directly after that, he leaves the school. He runs into the street. I don't know if you remember this, but like he almost gets hit by a car and there's a three car pileup on the street of cars going easy, easy, like 25 miles per hour. And it's like legit because those cars were all made of metal at the time. And like you saw the force. It wasn't fake. There's no CGI in, in that movie. So there's there's a scene where he like he's feet from getting like hit. Obviously, it's like staged. You know, this is this is a staged thing. But they wrecked like legit cars <laughs> just for that scene. <laughs> You know, they could have had someone just like almost hit him and honk. That would have just like served the, the exact same purpose. But no, they wanted a three car pileup. <laughs> um, that's pretty hilarious because just think like the first person's going like 10 miles an hour. The second person's going 20. And then like the person in the back is like going 60. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 bad. Like, go watch that scene again. It's like, wh why did they feel the need to do that? They needed it that's big action for them they needed a car accident yeah. was it i don't know if you've noticed but these movies where there's kids running across the street there's always like a huge act like car accident yeah man these kids that's the problem in 80s they, they didn't grow up playing frogger <laughs> they should have they should have um all right so let's talk a little bit about like when uh johnny and cobra kai are chasing them they they push him down a cliff oh wait no was i think that happens before no i think no, that was at the beach so at this moment in the movie they they catch him they they corner him mm -hmm. at this fence and he tries to climb but he gets caught yeah, and he gets pulled back down right 
and they're beating up on him and that's when they beat him senseless yeah it was five to one yeah that was really unfair and so that's when mr miyagi he comes in like literally literally out of nowhere he just like hops this fence yeah the, you, it's funny like the angle that they chose for that scene <laughs> like you're, you're just watching you're, you feel bad for daniel and then like out of the corner of your eye you see like this old uh, japanese guy just jump the fence like, yeah, like really he quietly. scales this fence like way faster than like di- at the the time that this was filmed he was in his 50s and like you just see this like older guy just like quote unquote hopping a fence and yeah, yeah and then he, he proceeds to beat up all these like it was one one to five yeah yeah it's it's really like uh that's a great scene Obviously, like, if you're watching it, like, nowadays, the characters probably wouldn't be as incapacitated as they are based on, like, the type, the types of attacks that Miyagi gives them. But it's fun seeing an old man beat up five younger kids who <laughs> yes. are bullies. Obviously, not, not fun to, like, watch kids get beat, but they deserved it. Speaking of Mr. Miyagi, there's a couple things about his character that are really worth talking about because they have the scene where he pours Daniel a glass of whiskey. I think it's his first glass of whiskey ever. And um, Mr. Miyagi's very drunk. Clearly he's been drinking for an extended period of time. And he's talking about his wife. It's a a really fantastic scene um, and it seems to come out of nowhere. It doesn't really add anything to the story of the movie, but it does give you an appreciation for who Mr. Miyagi is. It you does. could watch the entire movie and not have that scene in it, and you'd still love Mr. Miyagi. But that scene, it's almost as if they knew that they were making sequels or that they wanted to make this character bigger than what he was. So they made him a war hero. But yes. in so doing, he came back from the war learning that his wife died in childbirth along with the child and it's a tragic scene and it's one where you gain a lot of respect for daniel also because he's kind of coming to the pieces he's coming to the same conclusion as the audience comes to the same conclusion and it's actually probably my favorite scene of the movie um upon rewatching it as an adult because there's so much to to really appreciate in that moment obviously i don't appreciate like the the death of his loved ones but the character building in that moment is really powerful do you remember that scene well or i do know what you're talking about and another point about mr miyagi that i like is that we come into this movie knowing that daniel doesn't have his father it's just him and his mother and mr miyagi pretty much becomes like a surrogate father figure to him it's like vice versa daniel becomes like a surrogate son to mr miyagi and he just he invests this time and you see it come into fruition the more into the series and you especially see it in cobra kai because you see that daniel has all this stuff from mr miyagi so you know that he passed it on to him. So yes. I think that that's one of the things that I really appreciate. 
I actually appreciate both characters because, you know, Daniel and, and Miss Miyagi, they really meant a lot to each other and they helped out each other in ways. I, it seems more so that Miss Miyagi helped Daniel, but Daniel did help Miss Miyagi in a way. I mean, he was still grieving, but he was able to come out of that a little bit more because he had this person in his life. That's a good way to put it. That's actually a really fantastic way to put it because, yeah, it wasn't just Mr. Miyagi helping out this new kid on the block. It wasn't just about that. Because Mr. Miyagi had this new kid on the block to teach, you know, his brand of karate, he gained a son. Yes. And that's that's a really great point. And I don't think a lot of people will watch the movie and see it that way. But really, it, it that that is the case, you know? Um, he had no one else, as far as we saw from the first movie. Daniel clearly helped him cope with those problems that he lingered upon uh, decades after World War II was over. And yeah, there's that, that, that scene that I was talking about where Mr. Miyagi kind of passes out from over-drinking. And Daniel helps him into bed, helps him, you know, just get him situated for the night. And that's when... Daniel learns about his past and who Mr. Miyagi really is a hero at the end of the day. And you gain so much respect for both characters. Yes. Because as Mr. Miyagi's been helping this kid, you, you finally see it turn around and Daniel helps Mr. Miyagi. And you and from that point, it becomes more of a, a team. It's not necessarily, you know, just like a symbiote and a host. It's, it's a, you know, two persons two uh, two people working together yeah it's it's really fantastic there's so much charm in this movie you know at the end of the day it is yes a good versus evil story but there's so much more about it that makes it such a worthwhile thing to revisit on occasion it's a story about patience it's a story about doing the right thing and standing up for what you believe in mr miyagi's like unconventional methods really leave a mark on the viewer especially the crane move i you know that's one of the things everyone thinks about like when you think about the karate kid you you think about the the crane jump kick. right the the crane kick into johnny's face yeah oh another great little scene uh before we wrap up i, I love this they're on the beach and they go back to the car and these guys have been drinking beers on mr miyagi's truck and uh miss miyagi like <laughs> karate chops the lids off of the beers and daniel's like how'd you do that and mr maggie goes i don't know first time <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah dude oh i love that i love that there's yeah. so many little things i love about yeah. this movie i mean yeah it's it's all a part of the the charm of the film and for any of those people that are listening to this that might have not seen this movie it's worth the watch it's so classic it holds up for the most part you know like i would say a good 95 percent of this is just super solid um there is obviously a little bit of 80s charm and oh yeah of course it's such a fantastic movie it's it's really up there on like one of the 80s films that you know you just have it's it's must-see 80s movies you know yes i agree i think that if you have not watched it at this point you need to Either finish this podcast and go watch it now or pause it and go watch it now. And with that, 
Are there any last minute remarks that you have about this film? Balance. That's something that we didn't really touch upon. But balance is something that kind of is the cornerstone of Mr. Miyagi's person, his being. And I think perhaps we'll touch upon that more in our Cobra Kai episode when we get around to doing that. Yes. But next I, week, yes. next week, Anthony, Hook. Yes, we, we, we have to cover Hook. I would say that my last remarks about this film are healing, mm. both for Daniel and for Mr. Miyagi, that they essentially got a second chance or Mr. Miyagi had a second chance of being a quote-unquote father and Daniel got to be a surrogate son for Mr. Miyagi. So there was that healing. It's it's just a great film. I, I, I just, I can't help but say that over and over. But yes, that concludes this episode of Project Geekology. If you have not checked us out on Twitter, follow us at pgeekology. We also have an Instagram, which is Project Geekology. It's all one word. We post our releases and our upcoming releases on both on Twitter. We post updates. We also post news from different nerdy outlets. With that, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. And be safe. Keep your mask on. And stay classy like Dakota and his martinis. Yes. So I am just finishing up a martini as we finish this recording. And Anthony has uh, been making fun of me as I've been chewing my olives. <laughs> yes. But thank you so much for watching. Again, this is a fantastic film, Karate Kid. Definitely give it a watch if you haven't already. And if you have any tips or pointers as to what we could improve upon on our shows, if we have any tips on like stuff that we should cover, right. uh, please be sure to give us a, a heads up on Project Ecology over at Twitter and stuff like that. So thanks so much for watching. Have a good one. Bye. Banzai, Daniel-san! Hey, Banzai! 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 Banzai!